This is Fork, Mary Kill, the podcast that forces you to make life or death decisions about food. We propose the ideal version of three foods and ask you to fork, marry, or kill. Fork, 24 hours of delight. Marry, a lifetime of ecstasy. Kill, you can never put it in your mouth again. We're starving, wow. let's do this. <laughs> There's the theme music. I tried to switch it up a little bit this week, guys. You did switch that one up. Okay, good. Hi. Hey, hey. Uh, I'm Allison. I am joined, as always, by Marley and Brandon. And this week, we have a fantastic guest, Sierra Kiros. Welcome, Sierra. Hey, thanks. Glad to be so here. Good to have you. Yeah. Um, for yeah, I mean, we all know, but the listeners don't know that this has been, I think, months and months in the making. <laughs> this has almost happened a few times, so I'm glad it finally is. Um, yeah, it just feels like back when we first started talking about this, it was like a very different moment in the world and in all of our lives than it is now. Definitely. I think when I first saw um, the podcast come out, I was like, do I have a rival in the midst? So um, excited, <laughs> excited to be uh, collaborating. Yes. Yes. This is all all about collaboration. Well, I remember when um, I first saw your uh, Instagram page, which for those of you listening, so Sierra, um, let me give you a little intro first, I guess that would be helpful. Sierra um, is the creator of Only One Forever, which is a quarantine game show that takes place on Instagram that I like really became quite obsessed with and fixated on, uh, especially during those like early months of quarantine last year. Um, but also the founder of Hamove, which is an Armenian inspired uh, blends business, right? And you're doing these at like farmers markets upstate. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, they're Armenian inspired blends. They're different. You can use them for sauces, dips, spreads. Um, and I'm doing them at farmers markets all throughout Westchester. Um, and I have one in Piermont in Rockland County, New York as well. That's so cool. So like, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about what, what the flavor profiles are like, like what the sort of different, you know, ingredients are? Yeah, so it all kind of started. Um, my grandmother was Armenian, um, so she was an amazing cook, and I always loved like all Armenian foods, but I never could find it anywhere. And even in New York, there's really not that much Armenian food. There's a ton in New Jersey, but that's really besides the point. Um, and <laughs> we don't recognize she... New Jersey in this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. We did two episodes about it. <laughs> don't don't come for us, Garden State. Please. I know. <laughs> New Jersey um, for the Armenian food they offer because New York didn't have any. And um, I really like, I love sauce a lot. And I feel like at the grocery store, there's nothing. And I was always making all these blends of like just taking everything I could find and putting it in a blender and being like, this rocks. And I need this for like just variety on vegetables and things like that without having to do it every time. Um, And so I kind of found this way to merge like my culture and my um, love for Armenian food with the food that I want to create. Um, And so I just thought, let me take a shot at this and see if other people like it too. So I've created three different blends. Um, Two are more savory. One is parsley and tahini based. Mm. And the other is a red pepper and walnut. Those are the two savory. Um, 
And then the other one is more like a nut butter. So it's a walnut and date blend and it uses some pomegranate molasses, which is like a really common ingredient (laughs) in some Armenian foods. And it adds like a really interesting uh, fruitiness to it. So it's been really cool to just see people react and you know I've had a lot of like people trying the samples and being like I don't know how I'm gonna feel and then trying it and being like I'm gonna I need this I want this so (laughs) that's been really uh just a great a great feeling and uh, it's been a good experience so far that is so cool I am dying to try that walnut date pomegranate molasses situation that sounds like (laughs) so up my alley and they're all vegan and grain-free is that right they're all vegan and grain free, yeah. That's so cool. It's like nice to have something that's not I mean, I love hummus, but like it's nice to have something that's not, you know, you can go into like any supermarket or bodega and there's like five hundred different kinds of hummus and it's nice to have <laughs> something that's like just not that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And it's, I st- you know, made in small batches and yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can't eat beans, actually, which is uh, a bummer because I love them. But yeah. um not really up my alley anymore and so that was like another thing was like I really miss hummus and having to choose between which brand to get um but I can't do that anymore so well it's nice that yeah I mean it's it's I feel like some of the best things sort of come out of that space of like you know your own like needs or your own restrictions or your own sort of like compromises that you have to make and it's like whenever that happens you suddenly realize like how few options there actually are in that space for something delicious (laughs) and yeah, that's like, that's where, you know, creativity is born. So that's super cool. Um, well, that's great. What, yeah, we'll link all of this, like any links that you have or anything like that, we can link in the show notes as well. But are there any, like, is there a website or anything like that for Homove that we can tell people about? Yeah, awesome. Um, I have a website, it's homove.com. And I have an Instagram as well, um, which like is all the same content as on <laughs> Facebook because that's, I don't know. I just sure. can't keep track of all the social media channels. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have that and my calendar is on there as well. So if you are in the Tri-State area um, or in Westchester and you want to stop by, um, you can see that's where awesome. I'm at on social or on my website. Awesome. Cool. And we'll, we'll link all of that. So it's easy for everybody. Super cool. Yeah. I mean, and so then just, we're going to talk more about only one forever in the next episode that we have you on, but just to give people kind of like a sense of it and also like how I don't, yeah, how it all sort of came about. But, um, I found it when, my good friend, our good friend, Lindsay Mound, who's this like super talented illustrator, um, sent me a link to it. And I remember it was like, you know, late at night on one of those early quarantine nights where it was probably like three in the morning and I was like, time is a construct and like, I don't sleep anymore (laughs) and whatever. And she was like, this is, this is your thing. Like you need to follow this or whatever. And like turn on notifications and like, and I just started following it from like my Finsta and like became like obsessed. Um, and just like every night was like, okay, what's it going to be? So the way that it's set up and actually maybe let, let's have you describe it. How, how would you describe the way only one forever works? The way it's set up. Um, yeah, it was exa- pretty much exactly started exactly how you thought, but it's set up by, uh, choosing two things that I think you should not ever have to choose between and then making people choose between them. Um, and then I think it really kind of kicked off for me when I realized how deeply in agony people were like about like the <laughs> funniest things. Um, <laughs> With, like, deep-seated hatred for 
common everyday items. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I loved that. And I got a lot of entertainment out of it during that time where there was really nothing else to focus on. Yeah. Um, So it was really fun for me, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's a wonderful People are so opinionated. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Especially on the Internet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who'd have thunk it? (laughs) (laughs) It's not enough just to not like a food. You have to let everyone else know. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, and your opinion is really important, and it must be heard in a DM for sure. And like deep, heavy shit talking. Like, right? How oh, yeah. could this person think this? Like, I don't know. But something about it felt like also really good-hearted. Like everyone was like, it was just like ever allowing everyone to be as dramatic as they wanted to be <laughs> because it didn't matter, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like arguing about things that at the end of the day, nobody really cares that much about, <laughs> yes. but like can put a lot of their emotion and energy into like, and the stakes are so low. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. The FMK that we have for you today, I think is going to um, bring us into a, a much larger conversation. So um, you gave us a lot. So, so as I think, People who listen frequently know we have these questionnaires that we send people to get a sense of like, what foods do you love? What foods don't you like? You know, we don't want to make it too easy for people if we can avoid it. And so it is like important to know, like, what do you not enjoy eating or drinking? (laughs) But you did too, because the first time we like, (laughs) you know, we're planning this was like months and months ago. So you already had filled one out. Um, I asked you to do another just so we could have something sort of up to date. But it was wonderful because I feel like I just have such a like really nuanced and fully formed picture of who you are as a as a as an eater but (laughs) I chose yeah so for this one I found something from your first questionnaire you basically just handed us the FMK which was very lovely of you (laughs) thank you um so yes I think this might be challenging for you I think it's also going to be challenging for me um it will be TBD you know how Marley and Brandon feel but without further ado Sierra fork Mary kill pilaf Bordek and Monty. And I, I hope I said those words correctly. <laughs> I'm in <laughs> <You> shock. <laughs> we'll need explanations of all of those. Oh, yeah. And also, like, yes, um, for, and for, for me, Brandon, yeah. but also for the listeners, yeah. if you can give us a cursory description of those things. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Um, so the pilaf in my head that you're talking about is a very specific Armenian pilaf, which is made by browning orzo or vermicelli noodles in butter. (laughs) So you're already like on a winning track. Mm -hmm. And then you basically mix it with rice and then it's cooked. It's very simple, rice and salt and butter. Um, Benek is uh, cheese pastry. It's phyllo dough. The way that we make it is phyllo dough with um, like a Munster and mozzarella mixture with some egg and parsley turned into like cheese triangles. Um, But you've seen, I'm sure you've seen them other ways. Like people do like the cigars, style or like the empanada style and then the last thing monty is like a little dumpling with lamb like a spiced lamb mixture and it's covered in um it can be served in a soup i like it uh covered in like this tomato broth with a garlic yogurt um and the tomato broth is made out of like caramelized (laughs) tomato paste and butter (laughs) it's like basically all armenian food is just like like, I'm talking about the bedek, like, it's cheese and pastry, but it's, like, you wipe every sheet with butter. Like, everything right. is covered. I don't know. So it's head-to-toe I mean, gluttony, but it's, like, incredible. Definitely for special occasions, all three. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it was the butter that partly appealed to me about all these things. I'm also a fan. Um, and yeah, the peel off that you describe, well, I'll get into this in my in my answer. So yeah, the, I picked these three because you literally listed them in your first questionnaire. And that's why when you asked me what you had said <laughs> the first time, I was like, I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> I'm going to exploit it for the podcast. Um, so yeah, you, you said, I love Armenian food. It's my version of comfort food. Pilaf. Is it Badek? Badek, yeah. Badek. And Monty. And I was like, okay, thank you. That, those are the three. So I just picked like your three comfort foods so I could make it extra, you know, excruciating for you. So you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So the thing, the thing I'm thinking is like all of these foods to me, the reason I like them is because you can like shove them in your mouth. Like they're all like shovable foods, which is why I like love coleslaw. Mm. Um, I guess I would, man, <laughs> my parents will never listen to this, so it's fine, but, um, I guess I, I guess I would fork the Monty and I would marry the peel off because it's important to me. Um, we have like a pot that we make the peel off in. It's like my grandmother's pot, you know, it's probably not even really that good of a pot, but it's like the only pot we use. And then, um, so that feels like I, I just wouldn't be allowed to get rid of that ever. Um, and I would kill the bedek, even though that's really upsetting. That sounds, it sounds like there's no good choices here necessarily as far as killing, like, you know, it's kind of a... Uh, killing a, a triangle of <laughs> cheese that's been cooked in buttery pastry <laughs> is hard to do. I mean, for some of us, Brandon, I'm sure that's your kill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll just get get it out of the way. I'm going to kill that. Okay, Brandon. Going to marry Pilaf. I think I could do that. That sounds okay, for sure. I could do that. And I'll fork the um, the lamb dumpling. You know, I could I could fork it. I believe it. I think you could. I wouldn't marry it. Yeah, but I could fork it, I think. You could have one night. Not a huge fan of dumplings, nor <laughs> lamb. You know what? But it, it's just a fork. <laughs> Don't fork it till you try it. Mm. There you go. Don't knock it till you try it. New catchphrase. So right that's there. my night and the rest of my life. So. Allison? Yeah. Marley? Do you know yours? I do, yeah. Um, this is also challenging for me because... The idea of killing a dumpling filled with lamb is very upsetting to me. And yet I think that that is the decision I'm going to make. Um, I'm going to have a sweet F night with the pilaf, which sounds fucking delicious. (laughs) I also have to remember to stop doing these without having eaten dinner first. (laughs) Because I'm like sitting here, I'm just like, how can Mm. I get that to me as soon as possible? (laughs) Um, just for one night only. And then I'm going to marry the Barak. Is that how you pronounce it? Barak, uh, yeah. Well, I'll have a lifetime to figure out because I'm going to marry that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds really up my alley in my wheelhouse. All of it. That sounds delicious. So that's it. Allison? No choice is a bad choice. Yeah, I mean, that's also 
sort of our motto here. I'd say some of the hosts think that way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which leads us to Allison. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, these all sound really good to me. I don't actually have like one that I'm like, oh, you know, fuck it. Or, oh, I can't live without it. I mean, well, okay. So I'm going to fork the, I'm going to fork the Bardek because, yeah, I mean, it's cheese wrapped in buttery pastry, like, and also I read the other thing that intrigued me about it is that like I read that it could have a bunch of different kinds of fillings like there can be this sort of more like stretchy mozzarella cheese or it can be more of like a spinach and cheese situation or even like a meat and onion or sometimes they're sweet. Have you had sweet ones? No. And that risk of sounding like really snooty about that. <laughs> like I really don't usually like it unless I've made okay. it. Like, so <laughs> well, this I'm sounds, with you. This sounds in line with like everything I was reading in my research leading up to this, which is like <laughs> everyone has their own way of making it and is the right yep. way. It's like everyone's grandma made the only good version of Bedek. And it's like, this is just what it is, you know, which like, sure. I mean, fair. Um, but <laughs> I feel like for one night, I always want to like, you know, I want, I want variety. And so I would definitely just try everyone's grandma's bedek <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm going to get down with all your grandmas. And then um, wow. I'm going to marry. <laughs> Please stay away from mine. <laughs> They're both dead, so. <laughs> Winter mine, actually, R.I.P. Um, okay. I'm Brandon? Gonna... Oh, totally dead. <laughs> this is a ghost party, for sure. Um, I'm going to marry the pilaf. It actually is, my mom uh, used to make us rice pilaf all the time when we were kids, and I don't know if it was the exact same I, well, actually, I can say for sure, I don't think she was browning the rice and the orzo in butter before she cooked it, um, which obviously makes it better. But she was, you know, very, very, like, health conscious when we were kids. So I don't know if that was happening. But I just, it, I have really strong, just, like, childhood memories of eating this, like, rice that had the, these little bits of pasta in it and it just being so delicious and comforting um, so I could easily go the rest of my life with that, especially if you're giving it the Armenian treatment and cooking it in butter first. And then I also read like it's cooked in um, like chicken stock or whatever instead of just water, which like I'm sure that adds mm. so much delicious flavor. Uh, and it just seems like the perfect base for lots of things. And yeah, so I'm going to marry that. And then that means sadly that I'm killing the Monty, which sound delicious, especially with that Usually I'm like, like, I don't love yogurt unless it is like exactly what you described, like used in a kind of garlicky, herby sauce that's put on something Then I like love it. So that sounds like way up my alley and absolutely delicious. And I love lamb, but you know, someone's got to die. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Two Monty kills means that next time y'all are in the same area, I'll have to bring you some Monty so you can basically yes. regret your decision. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, I'm, gonna, wow. I, I'm killing all of them. So <laughs> oops, please oh, give wow. me. <laughs> yes. We will have to try all of those things and then like slather them in your delicious uh, home based sauces as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so those are kind of like some basic uh, Armenian foods or not basic, but 
core Armenian foods, would you say? Or like what other kind of flavor profiles? I'm curious. I'm not familiar that much with Armenian food. The foods we just talk about, talked about? Yeah. Are those kind of like exemplatory uh, foods? Yeah. So I feel like this, the blends that I made actually for Hamove are actually really supposed to be representative of like the flavors that you see a lot. So there's a ton of parsley and everything. Like we really use parsley for like, there's lakmajun, which is called like an Armenian pizza. It's like flatbread with lamb on it. Um, and you top that with parsley and lemon. So it's like a lot of parsley, lemon, caramelized tomato paste is a huge one. So that's the base of a lot of sauces that I make. Um, it's mostly just like the caramelized tomato paste with like water or stock, butter, um, and cinnamon and allspice, cumin, um, a lot of lamb stuff. And I feel like with a lot of vegetables, you'll find it's like stewed in the caramelized tomato paste sauce situation. So a lot of stuff like that. And then on the sweeter side of things, it's pretty. I feel like it's pretty Middle Eastern in nature. Like there's paklava and there's um, different versions of like things that you would see in Greek or Turkish and uh, Lebanese cuisine, things like that. So, Yeah, cool. The pepper and walnut one sounds good. Yeah, that's supposed to be the most like lakmajun. So my hope was that you could like literally spread it on a tortilla and heat it up. It's not the same without the lamb, but oh, cool. um, yeah, it's it's kind of similar. You're speaking Brandon's love language. <laughs> I know, that sounds great, actually. <laughs> For sure. He's like, a tortilla? Something non-dairy <laughs> I can put on a tortilla? Hmm. I'm into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, my parents are vegan. So when I was making everything, I was like, just wanting them to be able to have it and just oh, like that's, that's nice yeah that's so cool have they were have they been vegan your whole life like were you raised eating vegan they were ve- they were vegan before it was cool for sure um <laughs> from like 2010 2011 ish okay. um i was in college when they when they went vegan but uh and they're mostly vegan i would say they're like more flexitarian but like we don't really have a lot of meat in the house we don't have meat in the house unless i bring in the house um I remember my sister calling me and being like so upset because my dad's a really good cook and being like, dad, like doesn't want to eat meat anymore. And like, what are you going to do? And she's like so sad about this. Like he's not going to make, he used to make like London broil and like all these oh. great meats on the grill and stuff. And she's like, we're never going to have meat again. Oh. Um, so now he just eats celery and hummus and we call it a day. Oh my God. <laughs> I can say there, I mean, there is a lot more to being vegan than eating celery and hummus but as you know making like <laughs> the food that you're making but just you know to try you know i am not vegan but like it you know there have been huge huge strides in the in the world of vegan food <laughs> definitely so if you're just out there and you're thinking about it <laughs> I have I had a friend in college who was vegan and she just used to go to town on movie theater popcorn <laughs> and that was like her favorite thing to eat, which is vegan. Oh, <laughs> so like I often, yeah. th- like when I think about people who are vegan, who are like, maybe haven't like fully committed to it, I think about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like obviously not your parents. They yeah. sound they sound very committed. Well, my mom is like much more flexible than my. Now I'm like they can never listen to this episode. My right. my mom. <laughs> yeah, is, tell us all their secrets. She's like much more flexible than my dad, but she's a big sweet tooth. Um, and so there's been times where like we're out and I'm like, oh, like just recently we went to uh someplace and I was eating like wings and we got like a little pizza to share and she'll have cheese once in a while. You know, she just doesn't eat it every day. And this, the wings came out and this guy was like, 
ooing and eyeing at my wings at the bar. And I was like, do you want some of my wings? And he was like, <laughs> thanks for asking. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. And I was like, well, she's vegan. She's not going to eat them. And she looked at me and she was like, why'd you tell him I'm vegan? I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's not a big deal. Like, who cares? She goes, we just got a pizza. She was like, I want to eat the pizza. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. So then I had to turn to them and he was like, oh, my friend next to me is vegan. Like, so they were like, chit chat. Oh, no. like, oh my God. Like, just, you know. <laughs> and then I turned over to them and I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, she's not really vegan. Like, but she just mostly doesn't eat that stuff. And the girl goes, I'm not really vegan either. And I was like, okay, just out here. What a scene. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, so many of the vegans I know fall into that category where it's like, yeah, mostly vegan, except when you want some pizza. And then yeah, it's hard. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the secret because I was vegan for three years and I n- did not ever, ever slip up. And I was only vegan for three years. Right. So maybe yeah. it's the secret to long term veganism yeah. is not really being a vegan yeah. I will say I think it made me it made me a better cook I think because I started mm. to really cook when I was um I was vegetarian and they had just gone vegan and it just like there's so many like I only learned how to really cook with vegetables and there was so many weird things I was using to like well weird at the time you know like not weird anymore but like even nutritional yeast at the time mm-hmm. you couldn't find it anywhere um and that's like funny to say because to me it doesn't feel that long ago but like in the scheme of, like you said, like how far products have come, like there really wasn't anything, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. I feel like there's something about just like having these boundaries that like, where you can't fall into your sort of comfort of like, okay, like, I don't know what to make tonight. I'm just going to like, you know, grill a thing or whatever. And it's like, okay, no, actually I can't use like dairy eggs or any meat products or fish you know it's like it is so limiting in a way but then I think it just does really open up this sort of like field of all of these other ingredients and like how to use them in ways that maybe you're not like traditionally used to and also like vegetables there's so many different vegetables and they all taste so good and so like they all have such intense and distinct individual flavor and texture and all of it and I think like when you're not kind of just like in the sort of easier autopilot of like defaulting to that sort of like protein starch and a veg kind of format when it's like really vegetable based, it's like, yeah, it becomes, you can get a lot more creative with it, but, and now, now it is so much easier because you go into the supermarket and there's like, I mean, it's kind of over overwhelming at this point. I feel like you go into the supermarket and there's like, you know, 15 different options for oat milk. And I'm like, I don't need, this many oat milks to choose from or like you know there's so many different like vegan butters now and you know there's just everything you want pretty much you can find you know plant-based which is wonderful yeah it was not that way for a long time I remember making this is also probably around the same time that you're talking about my uh, partner at the time um, went vegan and I remember like at first sort of being like oh my god I can't believe I have to do this like what the fuck like I have to learn how to cook you know without all of these ingredients that I love and that I'm used to and but I kind of just then like d- dove into it and I remember like making a like super creamy pasta with like butternut squash sauce and miso and like you know it's like you know your blender becomes like the most like valuable tool in the kitchen I feel like and just like it's kind of it's a very different way of looking at things but it's it's really I think it's really fun I really enjoy it now 
Definitely. And that's when you're like sauce rocks because you need it. For right. Sauce. You know, you yeah. can just throw any vegetable you want in there and suddenly you have like a really great sauce. No, that's so true. Especially something like what you're doing where it can be a sauce that like goes on a pasta but or or like a plate of veggies or whatever, but it can also be like a dip if you've got crudite or whatever. Like it's just nice to have things that kind of like fit a few different formats too. Well, that was fun. I feel like I like learned <laughs> something about a cuisine I a lot. that I didn't yeah, really know much great. about before either. Um, and yeah, so would you like? I mean, do you feel like the representation of Armenian food in New York has gotten better than it used to be, or is it still like there just aren't that many places? to go i don't see i haven't seen it or noticed it but i don't want to speak and say oh no there isn't and and i just don't know about it um i will say there's one restaurant i know of it's called almayas and it's um i think it's on the east side of manhattan and it's really good it's like an armenian lebanese mix but that's the only thing i've seen and so i'm kind of thinking about you know what else can i bring to markets to kind of bring more of that flavor profile onto the like food scene at least in like this area um I think I think there's a lot of situations where the cultures can be very similar and there's a lot of crossover and so people are like well just go get Turkish food or just go get Lebanese food or you know it, it is kind of all the same but I just feel like you know every every culture like we said about the bedak right there's a different bedak in every right. single culture and so um yeah I would in every single kitchen it sounds like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, if anybody Armenians listening and they live in New York, I would love to. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if they you have guys Ar- could swap. They have, yeah, exactly. If you have any recommendations, hit me up. Um, because I'm definitely, you know, I'm a quarter Armenian and I'm not like the um authority over here. But I do feel like uh Armenian people love to cook. And that's probably why there's not that many Armenian restaurants, because they're probably cooking um, or have a mother or a grandmother who's cooking constantly. Um, I don't really recall ever really maybe on occasion going out to eat with my grandparents, but my grandmother was cooking every single time I was at that house um, without fail. So I just feel like it's culturally maybe not like just not top of mind to be like, let's go open this restaurant. But that's maybe that's not true. So I don't know. I've heard that about Burmese food, too, that it's there's like not necessarily a strong culture of going out for Burmese food. Like if you're going out to a restaurant, it's generally for something else, which is maybe why. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of reasons why there aren't more Burmese restaurants in the U.S., but. Yeah, definitely not many in New York. I know in like the Bay, there's like a couple of of, um, like in I think San Francisco, there's a couple that are like very well known and well reputed but yeah it's not it's not like a cuisine that you see a ton of restaurant representation for well if you're out there and you know of some great <laughs> armenian restaurants in new york or elsewhere um feel free to let us know because we would be happy to share that information with our massive uh listenership um cool well this was awesome we are going to wrap this one up because sierra has an FMK that she brought for us, but we're going to leave you hanging on that. And you'll have to wait until next week's episode to, uh, to hear it. Um, but in the meantime, um, you can find Sierra in a few different places on Instagram. You can 
Follow her account at Sierra Vix, which is S-I-E-R-R-A-V-I-X. Uh, you can follow Only One Forever at Only One Forever with a underscore at the end. And then Sierra, what's the Instagram account for Hamove? It's um, at H-A-M-O-V-E-H. Awesome. At Hamove. Cool. Um, cool. We'll link all of that in the show notes as well. Um, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Fork Mary Kill Pod. You can email us at forkmarykillpod at gmail.com um, or give us a call, leave a message on the hotline. The number is 347-455-0226. If you have any hot tips on Armenian restaurants, you can call us and let us know there. <laughs> uh, and until next week, enjoy the sweet sounds of lip biter. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been a production.